Charlie, take it. Hey there. Welcome to sunny Santa Cruz. It's not so sunny anymore, but... <laughs> <laughs> To you very, bitch. <laughs> you bitch. All right, take two. Hey, there was sun out, kind of, not really, but no. You All know right. how this goes. Take Go two. Hey there, welcome to the Recycle Garage in not so sunny Santa Cruz. In the garage, we have. <laughs> no, you missed you miss some stuff. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> What's the name of this podcast? The Motorcycles and okay, Misfits. Take three. Go. Hey there, welcome to the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast at the Not So Sunny Recycle Garage in Santa Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I fucking did it. I kind of. I can see your soul escaping as you uh, said those it's, words. It's the same as like Mike Miranda's spelling. He's like, who the fuck cares if I spelled it wrong? I got the job done. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. Wow. Hey, um, tonight in the garage, you have me. This is Eliza. I'll tell you what I want. <laughs> what you I really, want. really, really want. want. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. I wanna, I wanna, mm-hmm. I wanna. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, also in the garage, we have a bagel. Howdy ho. And next to that, we have Isaac. That'll do. Don't get that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> then bring in the humor tonight. We've got knock. That's a tall order, man. <laughs> That's just, pretty funny. I just brought myself. <laughs> then next up, we got Jim. Hey, homie. Don't you know me? He's already been pissing me off all weekend. <laughs> all weekend long. It's your lack <laughs> of effective communication. Long. You got to tell me how you do that because I want to do the same thing. Oh, and his go-to, once he knows he's like pissing me off, his go-to is just to start insulting me. Because I know it's coming. <laughs> so I just, I, the best offense he's, is it all. He heaps it all on. You're a dumb bitch, Liza. On the uh, pretty girl, ta- pretty girl cast tonight, we have Miss Emma. Hello, darlings. Um, Jim is adorable. He can do no wrong. <laughs> he really is. He's absolute. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Especially the mean old woman. She's no better than she told me when I'm in kicking distance. Sorry, okay. Miss Emma is on the couch. Yes, thank you. Sorry, darling. looking there wonderful. I must say. Uh, no, thank yes. you. Fabulous. I've pulled myself together now. <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah. Also on the pretty girl couch tonight. Wearing a new patch on his vest <gasps> is Charlie. Yep. What that, what uh, patch you got there, Charlie? I got a very comfortable hoodie. It says vampires on it. Yeah. So does that mean like our little Charlie's growing all up? You're in the oh, yeah. club, brother. I also You're in the club. A, I also got a box with a brick in it. <laughs> 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 hey, can you get me a beer? No, the, well, the fridge is right next to you. So, <laughs> you still had that whole prospect thing. Mentality. Right. You. Mentality. It's within arm like, reach. No, which is no, 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 no. The beer from down the street. Prospect. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's cool. But, um, did I notice that one of our misfits, uh, Jonathan, has now become a prospect? What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the other guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, Jonathan with the uh, Harley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Yeah. How long did you prospect for, Charlie? One year. Wow. Now, is it, is it always one year, or does it vary from person? It, it varies. There's a minimum. You have to attend, like, nine meetings or something. Okay. The There's a meeting once a month. But How many hours did they give you to get that kilo of heroin down to Laughlin? <laughs> 32 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Time is money. Time is yeah. money. Uh-huh. We'll see what you got. You know, you just have to push the, the, the accelerator all the way down. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right, so we've got some fun stuff tonight. 
But first, let's talk about what we did today. So um, yeah, we are in the middle of a giant storm, which, you know, we always joke about how it's always sunny here and we haven't had rain in a long time. So yeah, it's a humdinger. It's, it's coming. But boy, I hope the reservoir's filling up oh, so yeah. I can flush, start flushing my pee. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because well. it, it has been maturing somewhat, hasn't it? The uh, mm-hmm. Loch Lomond one actually reached capacity. Yeah, I yeah. hope the uh, I hope the hillsides hold together. You know, Clay yeah. was going to make a run down here, and he was dealing with flooding and closed roads and mm-hmm. trees down. And yeah, those sides. motherfuckers have chainsaws in their cars just in case, man. Mm-hmm. But that didn't stop people from uh, coming down, and nope. we had a new kid show up today, uh, Stefan, on his little. Um, what do you call those things? Ruckus. Ruckus. I always think of the, the, the plural of ruckai. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he brought a ruckus, and he had, he was ready to go to town, and he changed his belt and his wheels and did a lot of stuff out mm-hmm. in the rain. He was uh, well, you, didn't, you didn't tell him to come inside? And no, he was no. in like the little canopy over there. No, I let him work in the overhang of the uh, okay. neighboring building. Yeah, it was, um, wasn't bad. No, it's and it wasn't like raining hard all day, but I didn't want to put out any of the pop up tents because it was so windy they yeah. get taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, but having um, fewer people here, I was able to go to town and do a lot of cleaning and organizing. We've had so much stuff donated, helmets and boots and such. They were just piling up on the floor. So I redid our donation center, and I feel good about it. You know, it looks just nice. Get shit done. Donation mm-hmm. station. Can I, can I say, Liza? It looks nice. Thank good you. job. Thank you. You know, the cool. other thing I realized once we put it all away, there's a lot of stuff back there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you look I know. at the helmets. I mean, really across the board, it's pretty cool. I know, and like Knock went to look, and he's like, "Oh, look at we got all these uh, cables, and we got these hand guards. Been there all along. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Been there all along. You just didn't see them." Fortunately, I finally got enough time to start my new project. I know I mentioned a little while back that I was looking for a a project bike to do. And my criteria for a project is um, don't reduce the value in doing so. Um, And do something that's a challenge that's kind of, you know, that will push my creative skills. And I realized I've been sitting on the best donor. All along. Right. <clears throat> After going for a ride uh, last week on the Kawasaki Concourse and realizing it had no redeeming qualities whatsoever, <laughs> I decided... <laughs> the whale. Shamu. Well, and, and what did you... What was yes, the trade you Shamu. made for that? So what, what, what did you trade for the Concourse? Uh, the CB750 Cafe Racer that needed the engine rebuild. Right. That was just kind of sitting around, right? Yeah, and it was more about, I, I didn't need another bike, but it was more about, I had a guy who was looking for a project to rebuild, and it was a, he was going to get that bike done. But you were on your last leg of actually rebuilding that engine, right? You were well, just like, I'm fucking over this thing. No, because once I did rebuild it, now I have another bike, another old bike to sit, to maintain, and that I, you know, I'd rather go to somebody who's really going to put the love and care into it. Right. So I felt good about that, but I really didn't need the concourse, but he really didn't want it, so made the trade. Yeah. Um, and in short time with Emma's help, we got this, everything that's bolted onto the bike stripped down. <laughs> the thing came apart like a fucking yard wait, sale. Like wait. it just, God, no, you, guys, an you hour. guys are like the, the, what were they? The Jawas and Star Wars that run up. And like, <laughs> yeah, this is yeah exactly. Shit. I look <laughs> over shit's flying all over the place. Like a cartoon school. Of and it smells like assholes in there because somebody dragged in uh, a half a gallon of varnish of old gas or whatever and it spilled on the floor emma 
<laughs> but no, it it really was it my cleans fault. The no, the yes, was filthy. no, yeah, but no, but no yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, but no, yeah. Yeah, but no, <laughs> but, but. No. <laughs> but what, I, what I will say though is taking all the plastic off that concourse. My God, just when you first started taking the front fairings off, the look was so much dramatically it's better. Different looking bike. There's a lot of hidden air underneath those fairings. It's just like gaps and spaces. And I was reluctant to tell people my ideas, but when Jim and I were on our New Year's Day ride. Um, I was planning this because the bike, I mean, it runs perfectly. It's got low mileage. However, it doesn't have the perks you expect now on a, a touring bike. Yeah. Um, it makes a howling sound at 58 miles an hour. It's like <laughs> wind through a wind tunnel. Um, and any bump you hit, bodywork front and back clanks clanks it's rattles everything's kind of loose <laughs> yeah um and things were falling off like the kawasaki emblem flew off on the ride and just <laughs> i was like you know what this has got a great engine however it is detuned this is a thousand cc bike that is just feels very neutered and i think if we take a lot of the weight off and open up the breathing on it i think it'll make a big difference well, i agree i mean we've taken off probably at least 100 pounds off that bike and it's gonna fly without touching the engine now if we start messing around with the intake and the exhaust and then helping the breathing along it's it's really gonna move are you gonna put pod filters on it man um, <laughs> pod filters are the coolest don't well pod filters um you shouldn't well, what? well i want to open up the middle of the bike uh so yeah. you do pod, pod filters just for space you're going to still just keep an airbox. At least but, make your own airbox. No, I'm with Nog. Yeah, no. Because the problem with with pod filters, they're great if you want to open <laughs> up space. Yeah. But when you're riding the bike, all you are hearing are the friggin' pod filters. It's yeah. Really good. <laughs> you know. Um, no. No. Keep standard airbox on if you can. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll figure something out. Figure something out. So I, I will kind of try and explain what my vision is, which... As I said, for people in the room now looking at this stripped-down bike, I think it's easier to see. But I decided, uh, for me, the perfect challenge is to take a an 80s Sport Tour, which even though this is a 2006, it's still an 80s Right, it's design. an 80s design bike. And, and 80s just, I don't like the styling from the 80s. Um, to take an 80s bike and to take all the things I love about an old Harley and blend the two. So I'm talking a low flat wide tank. I'm talking floorboards. Um, I'm talking uh, a solo saddle seat. I want to have the round bucket headlight with the two riding lights on the side and maybe a little short Memphis shades <clears throat> windshield. I'm talking um, uh, like a hugger chrome rear fender or maybe maybe not chrome but rear fender then with i love the vintage old luggage racks that mm -hmm, contour yeah, yeah. to the shape of the the fender and leather saddlebags leather seat i'm on i want to get mike to do some leather work so i'm calling gonna, it a modern vintage are you gonna get get a leather jacket with the fringe on the side underneath the arms <laughs> no but i still have my black leather vintage jacket oh sweet that i wear when i ride my does it have bag. turquoise on it no, but it's badass. It's got a giant skull. His <laughs> patch on the back. Perfect. Cool. Perfect. Are you um, gonna Are you gonna put the four uh, the floorboards as forward controls? Uh, I have to see how hard it's going to be to do forward controls on this. I got to check the frame clearance. Um, levers. 
Levers and rods. Yeah, I'm going to play with it. But that's, anyway, this is my new project that I'm working on. So su- I'm, I'm building a cruiser. So suspension-wise, you're keeping it modern suspension. Stay with the front oh, yeah. forks. And, yeah, well, and yeah, this is nice. It's got the monoshock. I'll and, tell you this. If you call me and tell me, ask me to what you what you think about this bike knock, and if you, shake, if you see me shake my head... That means you're going on the right direction. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But, you guys, you can judge for yourselves because Jim just posted a couple of pictures on Instagram. Yeah, check out Recycle uh, Recycle Santa Cruz on Instagram. And we did a little before and after pitch, and uh, it's dramatic. But the, the bike just looks so much tougher. It went from a neutered... You know, touring kind of a thing. Shamu, it went from Shamu. I know. First glance, it kind of had this bulldog aggressive. Yeah, like... no, it looks tough. Well, and it, it has the the steel tube frame, right? So it very, even uh, just by taking all the bodywork off, it's starting to get well, a little more vintage look to it. And where's what's, what, what's the background of that engine? Where does it? What's the history? Like, where did it develop from? If you de, if it's not detuned, is I mean, it's an inline four. It's an Ninja thousand. Yeah, it's a, it's an old Ninja one thousand engine yeah. from the eighties. It's a quick, quick engine <clears throat> when it's in full tune. But you know, just the, the, what I'm trying to say is the weight reduction. The on that bike, it's going to be so much livelier without doing mm-hmm. a damn thing to the engine. You know, right. it's, it's carrying around 100 pounds too oh, much. And um, to what's really ratio. nice is that the top triple tree, it's got these um, cast handlebars, but they're bolted onto a flat triple tree. So I can take the handlebars off. i got a flat triple tree. I can put risers right. and big uh, bikini bars on there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, think... Will- 42 um, Army Harley blended with a modern sport cruiser. You know what's what's funny too is the rear subframe just unbolted off that thing. Yep. So mm-hmm. you didn't have to sawzall well, it. Well, there's a there's a reason for that knock. Mm. That bike, when it was new, was pitched to police forces throughout the world. I see. And uh. so having a bolt-on <clears throat> rear subframe was a big plus right. because Police forces, they, they, they're very strict. They're like, we want this and this and this and this. And the easiest thing is you have the rear subframe bolt on, and then you can give them exactly what they want without listing 20 different frames. Yep. You have the same basic frame at the front, and then you have Hong Kong police have this subframe at the back, Tokyo police have this, London police have this, and so on and so forth. Were they actually used as police bikes? It's rare. rare? You know, yeah. Um, yeah, they, it, nah. Back in the day, <clears throat> a lot of big bikes were pitched as police bikes. Um, you know, the venerable water buffalo Suzuki, two-stroke triple, had a police version, wow. GT750P. Yep. I mean, I cannot imagine that being used as a police bike because it was just <laughs> not a low-speed bike. You couldn't do low-speed work on it. It was just all about high-speed pursuit. And the faster you went on it, the more terrifying the handling became. So yeah. it kind of... But there it was, the GT750 police. 754 was a, pitched as a police bike as well, you know. As long as there have been big bikes around, yeah. the manufacturers have wanted to make a police version of it because it's big bucks. That's where the money is, exactly. Yeah, exactly. The government like, money. You get a fat police contract, got it made in the shade. Yep. Nice. So um, we've got some interesting news to share. Uh, who wants to go first? Bagel, you ready to go? Sure. So uh, there is a an interesting new concept vehicle that Honda has revealed at the Consumer Electronics in, uh, in Las Vegas, um, which is called the Honda Riding Assist Motorcycle, which is based on the NC750X. The Ram. 
Yeah. It should be the Honda Puppy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is, and basically what this is, it's it's a a motorcycle that is it's making use of a lot of Honda's robotics technology. For example, from their Asimo robot, and basically this bike will stand up by itself, uh, apparently without gyroscopes, um, or at least without relying on the gyroscopes to stabilize the bike. But it, it balances itself by steering, apparently, and <laughs> adjusting the angle of the or the rake angle of the headset, um, which is just just uh, mind blowing. But that's not the best thing it does, Bagel. <clears throat> yes, it's not the best thing it does. This is true. <laughs> it, it, apparently, it will follow you <laughs> wherever you want like to, a to go. Puppy. I saw that video. That that's was the cutest awesome. thing. Because <laughs> yeah. Like the guy like touches it on the front fender and then it like comes and like follows him. It's just hey boy, and it goes through a door and it like peeks its head through the door and then it looks to either side. (laughs) I couldn't tell if it was balancing or if it was trying to figure out if there's anything that was gonna come and hit it or like looking for its looking for its like daddy or something like. (laughs) (laughs) Where'd you go, my daddy? Where's your daddy? So uh, yeah, so this is this is some fascinating stuff. Um, apparently, the the idea is that this technology makes it easier for beginner riders to balance the bike without dropping it, um, and I guess makes it easier to ride the bike safely. Right, so. and you know, I mean, there's a side benefit. There comes a time in every biker's life, and I'll admit, I'm closer to it than you guys. When you just become too damn old and feeble to hold a larger bike up um i'm not there yet i'm not going to be there for a long time mm-hmm. but you know it's the old boy oh i'd better get a three-wheeler better get a sidecar yeah this thing will keep you on two wheels how cool is that this is true it's pretty sweet you're going to yeah. get a load of 90 year olds riding motorcycles it's going to be pretty neat. Florida's going to be yeah, a scary, great. scary place. Yeah, my, my prediction <laughs> is Florida's going to sell a ton of these things. <laughs> and maybe it'll self-drive and, you know, you just type in where you want it to go and it'll take you there. Yeah, like a regular car, huh? <laughs> a regular self-driving car, yeah. right? <laughs> a self-driving bike. Why? I mean, why, it, it's here. I swear yeah. to God, like, if you were to, you know, go back to the 19th century, 18th century, and you showed this to somebody, you'd be burned as a witch. Immediately. Oh, I'm so like, what is this demonry? You know, like, what the fuck, man? So, uh, on other news, in other news, uh, Dionysi returns to space to rev- revolutionize ast- astronaut safety. Uh, apparently, Dionysi went and developed this thing called the skin suit, and uh, they tested it in space with a Danish astronaut named Andreas Morg- Morgensen. And um, what it is, is a suit that compresses your body, and it actually. Uh, simulates loading in the head to foot direction in effect creating gravity's load on earth hmm. but in a weightless environment so uh yeah interesting i guess i guess the issue in space is uh you tend to come apart and your spine uh tends to separate and move away i had no idea because of zero gravity yeah and so yeah because yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not getting held down most astronauts grow like get significantly taller yep yep and so Dionysi built a suit to help, you know, compress these people. And it apparently it takes about 150 measurements, has to be taken from the body, and, and then and build you a custom suit for it. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. It's like it's it's interesting because it's like, you know, Dionysi typically makes what motorcycle gear, uh Very bicycling and uh, equestrian gear. gear, yeah. I'm curious like you said, returns to space. It sounds like they've done But I I guess right? I don't done know. Stuff before? That's I guess they've done that stuff before. But you know, um what's interesting about this to me is we all wear gear because it's protective, mm-hmm. you know, and you get the office, you get the, the uh, elbow protectors and whatever. But if you wreck a bike, especially if you wreck a bike at high speed, it does things to your body that really science is only just figuring out exactly what it does. Yep. And if Dionysia thinking about spine compression and stuff like that, this kind of technology, I can guarantee you, is going to be going into the mainstream mainstream motorcycle oh, yeah, products in a few down, years. Man. And if it's going to make clothing that's safer for us in the event you wad your bike, it's an it's a great thing. Yeah, you know, Plus they'll charge you like an arm and a leg for a suit that's <laughs> to that's, protect your other yeah, arm and leg. Right. Yeah, exactly. but, they, but then you get the knockoff one that's right. a little bit cheaper. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's pretty neat though. I mean, Dainese makes some really cool, stylish stuff, and and uh, it's nice to see there's actually science and space shit behind science. it. Science. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know what's ready next? <gasps> Jim. Jim. Is it time? Are you ready to go on a little journey, Jim? Are you I re- think I'm ready. Are you ready? I I believe so. Where are we going? <laughs> Wherever could we? Oh, be? it's du- it's dusty in here, man. We're gonna we're we're gonna push the cobwebs aside. Um, is that a bicycle in here? <laughs> it's a it's a deep dark place. It is. A, it's Emma's history it's hole. Emma's history hole. Oh. Mystery hole. Welcome back. Yeah, once it is again. Emma's mystery hole. Oh my god. Mystery history so, hole. <laughs> I have a confession to make about this week's mystery hole. History hole. <laughs> 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 this woman I'm going to talk about, this is the first time I heard this story, and I was absolutely blown out of the water. I'm ashamed of myself for not knowing about this woman, Bessie Stringfield. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to cut to the chase of the thing that made her the most famous first, and we'll talk about her life. So basically, um, Bessie Stringfield was an African-American woman and she rode across the country in 1930 on a Harley. And I think before we actually get into that, we we were doing a little bit of research about what America was like in 1930. We almost have to let that sink in a little bit because you're like, oh, rode across country in 1930, yeah, whatever. But then right. you start, you blend it, okay, woman, okay, African-American woman, okay. Right. And, and, and then you go a little bit deeper, but, you know, you talk about, the beginning a little bit and the whole story is fascinating because you talk about yes an african-american woman but was born in kingston she was born in kingston jamaica and her life started off pretty badly um she was born in kingston jamaica in 1911 um moved to america in i want to say it was 1915 with her parents of course but they died of smallpox almost straight away afterwards welcome to america yeah both parents um so she was adopted um by an irish woman and throughout her life she never named her mother however i've heard that her mother was wealthy and was quite a socialite um but she was a very strict catholic 
And yes, so, very God. Bibi, as she was known, Bibi so was very God fearing. She was very, very God fearing. She was raised as a strict Catholic, and she always said throughout her life that God was riding with her on a bike. She called him the man upstairs. So he was riding with me on a bike, and he kept me safe. So we'll fast forward to her being. Uh, was it six, 16 well, about, years old? About 16 years old. 16. She wants to get a bike, so approaches her mom. And said, I want to get a motorbike. And like all moms, Irish moms of African-American girls at that time, her mom said yes. Which is a miracle in dare. itself. So, so BB promptly went out and picked up a 1928 Indian Scout. Right. Uh, which um, she self-taught how to ride. Exactly. Um, Indian Scout back then, high-performance bike, kind of lightweight, 45 cubic inch. Mm. taught herself how to ride and taught herself how to master the controls bikes were a rarity still in the 1920s um people who rode them especially the larger bikes were rarer still yep. so she had to teach herself so she taught herself how to ride this thing um and the scout she only kept for a year and then she got into Harleys, and she rode Harleys throughout her life, but we'll, we'll deal with the Harley. I think it was a VL she got in 1929. And the story goes she'd, she'd have a map of the U.S., and she'd flick a coin onto it, and it'd land in whatever state. And bear in mind, she was based in Boston, and she'd just ride to that state. <clears throat> and then she'd make multiple trips all within the country. And then in 1930, so bear in mind, she's still only 19 years old. Dang, dude. 19-year-old African-American woman riding a Harley VL. She's going to go across the country. In the 30s. In the 30s. So, And I think to put it in perspective a little bit, also in 1930 is when they passed the first anti-lynching law in the United States. So here she heads across while they're actually passing anti-lynching anti legislation in the country. Right. So it's crazy. Or, you know, another thing, 1931, NAACP is founded. So you talk about some groundbreaking stuff. Yeah. Well, yes, and it was also the beginning of the Great Depression, too. Right, exactly. The, the, the peak year, or peak is the wrong term, the, 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 the crash was in 1929, so yep. this was just after the Great Depression. And yep. she's riding this bike across the country. Um, she helped finance the trip. She'd perform at circuses and sideshows along the way. Um, she well, did the Wall of Death. Yeah, Wall of Death stuff. I mean, yeah, not playing. Well, we picked up a picture. Me and Jim picked up a picture of the It was <laughs> awesome. Net. And she's there on the Wall of Death with some guy riding a sidecar. And what was in the sidecar, Jim? In the sidecar. Wait, wait, wait was it a monkey? No. No, it was a lion. It was a fucking lion in the sidecar of the Wall of Death. I mean, this is awesome. the greatest show on earth. Right, did you hear that, Holly? Independence Day rally. We want a lion. <laughs> we want a lion next year. Right? No, but yeah, she financed her way across country, and uh, you know, of course, she did encounter racism. She slept on her bike uh, right. a lot of times. Because wait, why? Why would she sleep on her bike? Well, because Jim? back then, um, people would just refuse a room in a motel because she's African American. Yep. So she'd stay with. People she met along the way. Filling stations. Filling stations. She'd sleep on her bike. You know, I'm kind of thinking... This is oh, pre-segregation uh, uh, laws. But oh, absolutely. Yeah. This, just so people understand, this is before 
uh, blacks had civil any civil rights. Right, exactly. That's what I said, this is yeah, before yeah. the NAACP. Well, there were segregation laws, yeah. And the reason I brought up the fact that she was a Catholic, I mean, she stated all along that God kept me safe. He mm-hmm. taught me how to ride this bike. He brought this bike to me. And yeah. he kept me safe. Well, and talk about keeping safe. Don't forget, this is before the the country's interstate system was built. Yeah, what I mean, were the 25 roads? Oh, she was before. riding dirt so roads, dirt roads, mm-hmm. country roads. So you know, I can only imagine breaking down in the middle of the country. Right, which mm-hmm. that bike probably did every. Now right, and, and she's wrenching on it herself because nobody's going to stop and help. Yeah, who's going to help yeah. the? Yeah. So you know, in the museum, um, we had uh, twenty-eight Harley. So it'd be very, very similar to the kind of machine that she was riding. A couple of features of this Harley, um, it had a hand pump, hand oil pump on it. So you'd, you'd crank up the oil pressure just by a plunger on top of the gas tank, and you'd prime <laughs> the oil pressure. <laughs> wow. The choke on the bike was the most amazing thing. You undid a cap on the gas tank, and you pulled out this giant siphon. It looked like a, a <laughs> and you filled it up with gas and then squirted it into a hole in the cylinder head oh and God. primed the cylinder with neat fuel. That was just cold start wow. device. These are very primitive bikes. Um, clincher tires that, ugh, you know, you had to dismantle the rim to get the tires on and off. Mm. The tires were bad. The roads were bad. Very the people primitive. were bad, probably. Yeah, it's an amazing <laughs> achievement. Um, but it was just the start. Right. Um, well, and she was also doing some, you know, uh, she was doing the carnival stuff, the stunt right. riding. She was racing flat track. Yeah, um, she raced flat track. But of course, a lot of times she would win the flat track, and did she get paid? <clears throat> nope. No money for the girl. Right, right? exactly. So down the road she went. Down the road she went to the next town. Yes. Made her way across the state, and it was the first of seven trips she made in the 30s um she broke ground america entered the second world war and then what happened right she became a dispatch rider um domestically domestic dispatch rider and she was the only civilian dispatch rider employed by the u.s army so basically what she'd do is sensitive documents go between camps in america she was never sent over to europe Mm -hmm. um but she was the, the yeah, and she rode her own sixty-one cubic inch Harley right the whole time. So yeah, pretty cool, pretty amazing. But it doesn't end there. It so it does not end there. She does four years working uh, for the for the war effort, and then retires to where do we all want to well, retire? She didn't quite retire. Okay, she became a registered nurse. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. not and quite. So not quite. So now she's a registered nurse, and she moves to Miami, and. Who doesn't want to move to Miami? What a great place. I mean, the weather's great. It's good biking weather. Um, she moves to Miami, and that's where she settles down. She makes now, Miami her home. It's a good thing she didn't live in this modern times, because in Miami, if you've seen what kind of swimsuits they wear, right. there's no way her balls would have fit in there. I know. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, I mean, this... That was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. Yes. So um, she's in Miami, and she forms the Iron Horse Motorcycle Club. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, no shit. And that was in the early 1950s. The thing is, she stayed with bikes. She's had a love affair with motorcycles, obviously, 
all her life. Yeah, she's had and I I understand think, seven Harleys, right? Oh uh, yeah, I understand that completely because you know here here I am in my fifties and you're not far behind me, Liza. I I'm I'm wondering. Yes. Even though we we painted a picture of what life was like in the 1930s in America, I'm wondering as a biker if there was still that biker community mentality. If somebody who we know was going against the odds of right. going out there, if, oh, the, if I wonder even if, if back then the biker community came through, knowing some of the clubs that we know, like the SSMC that have been around like since then, I wonder if there wasn't some sort of a poor use of the term, but brotherhood right. of real bikers even then. I'll tell yeah. you what, in the, in the towns, I would say probably yes. But in the country, complete free-for-all. There were reports about her down south getting run off the road by white guys, things like that. So I think you're right. I think it's probably very dependent on parts of the country and even town-to-town sometimes. Right, exactly. Um, And, you know, it's... uh, the the, The brotherhood and sisterhood of motorcycling, I bet that was a big factor in all of her life, especially in the towns. I really do. Yeah, I mean, if, I wonder if you could find your people. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think so. I would think so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll say I'm, yes. I'm absolutely sure. So, we're in the 1950s. Um, she's at Iron Horse Motorcycle Club in Miami. And as far as I can tell, it was multiracial club. There were men and women. It's a great picture. And she's tiny. Hmm. She's not a large woman by any stretch of the imagination. Um, And she's posing by her full-dress Harley. And so she's part of the motorcycle club. She stays with motorcycles throughout the 60s and the 70s. Um, Wait, so how old would she be by then? She was born in the... She'd be 106, 105. No, (laughs) yeah. No, she, um, she died in 1993. Wow. She died in 1993, which would have made her 82, mm-hmm. which is a very, very good age. Um, That's a bitch and run, though. I mean, see oh, she saw. and she was riding to the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's um, great. I want to be like that. Oh, I think we all do. I mean, I want to be a black woman traveling across <laughs> the country as well. <laughs> I, was, I just, you know, it boggles the mind of what she faced. But the last 20 years, um, the... Uh, she was riding against her doctor's orders because the doctor said, look, mm. you've got an enlarged heart. You really shouldn't be riding bikes. But she said, no, well, you know, it's, it makes me happy. If I give up riding, it's not living for me. So she carried on riding absolutely to the end. She always had Harleys, except for that first Indian. But what was the final number of Harleys she had? 27. 27 Harleys throughout her life. And six husbands. Six husbands. <laughs> That's um, awesome. We couldn't find awesome. her maiden name. Apparently, the name Stringfield was husband number three. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the funny thing about that is the husband asked her to keep his name because he felt she would become famous. <laughs> and so I'm sure her, his name I, would be named. Right, and I'm sure her exploits were, were already known by then, so he was on to something. I mean, there is some tragedy with this story. Um, I think her second husband... She had um, three children, and they were all stillborn. Mm. So she never had... And after that, she said, no, I'm 
Mm. Not even going to try with this anymore. So she never had kids. Um, I've never had kids. I mean, you know. But she had a lion. But she had well, she wrote. She wrote next to. She one wrote next to a lion. Wall of death. Um, but it's nice that she did. She did live long. I mean, she's passed, but she did live long enough to get recognized by the AMA. She was inducted in the Hall of Fame in two thousand and two. Uh, she's got a couple of you know awards named after her. So it's nice that she did you know live right. long enough. And why to did get I not know this story? I mean, this is not a well-known story. I mean, she's been popping up on the interwebs recently. Yeah, I find yeah, that interesting. She just she just <clears throat> went around like made the rounds like a story about her. Right, she just made the rounds, but why did I not know about this woman? I mean, this is an absolutely fantastic story. Yeah, because we are we hear history, not her story. Right. Uh, and you know yeah. what? Well, what I was gonna yeah. say, I was on the same tack because what ma- truth, what it makes though. me think of is how many more BBs are out there in the right. archives waiting to be rediscovered. Yeah, in fact, a friend of mine uh, just shared a picture of her great-great-grandmother the other day on Facebook on, on a motorcycle from 100 years ago. And you know, that awesome. is a fantastic picture. Bagel showed me this picture. Yeah. She's wearing bloomers. Oh, yep. my God, mm-hmm. granny boots. It's a wonderful picture. We can't quite identify the bike yet. They were kind of generic back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a fantastic picture. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this before, that... In the very, very early days of motorcycling, when they were just seen as transportation, smaller bikes, men and women. But this was something different. This was high adventure. Yep. What I love about this is it's real biker shit. It doesn't matter, male, female, black, white, what decade. I just love hearing these stories of somebody whose passion for motorcycling is so strong that they overcome obstacles and diversity to do it. And this is like OG biker shit. Yeah. You know? I love it. No, it's great. It's it's high adventure. It really is high adventure. And um, Bessie, if you're listening, God, you've inspired us all. What a fantastic story. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. You know? I know that she's up there looking down, looking over all bikers and keeping them safe along the way. I mean, it, it blew my mind. The more I read about it, it's 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 fantastic story. It really is. Well, Emma, that is fascinating. But you know what? You're not the only one here with a hole. I got one too. No. Yes. <laughs> it's time for Liza's history hole. <laughs> <laughs> but this isn't so much as uh, this is recent history. Okay. Um, this is an article that came out recently in the New York Times. Okay. Wait, why does fascinated. it feel so horrible when you say you have a hole? Just don't ever say that again. <laughs> Everyone looks uncomfortable. Sorry. <laughs> Knock, don't look at me that way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Knock, is it like having your mom talk about sex? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put, put that back in your face. Put um, it back in your mouth. So I read a really interesting article. It came out of New York Times recently. And um, I just wanted to share the story of this uh, fascinating uh, person, uh, circumstances. Um, it, it starts with there's a doctor in San Francisco uh, named B.J. Miller, and he runs the Zen Hospice uh, Project, which is uh, it's basically it's a it's an old house in in San Francisco where people go to die. Right, I mean, um, hospice is pretty much the end of the line. 
But this is somebody who, uh, he's the executive director there, and he's very experienced because he has dealt with a lot of pain and and tragedy in his life. Um, Back in 1990, when he was in college, there was an unfortunate accident where uh, he, he and his friends were drinking, and there was a dare, and he jumped up on one of those electric buses and reached up and grabbed uh, the wire. <clears throat> and uh, he doesn't remember anything beyond that except waking up in the hospital room where his uh, hand, his arm, and his legs that had grounded to the bus were so burned they had to remove them. <clears throat> so he became a triple amputee. So, obviously, that's somebody who's dealing with a lot of pain. It didn't stop him a year later. He went back to school and finished medical school, became a doctor. And he was able to use his experience to better understand what people are going through. And this is what has really helped him to become a great um, hospice care doctor. Um, Here's what's really cool. He... He's very outgoing, and he's always done a lot of stuff, like bicycling and stuff. He, he wanted to get into motorcycling, and he would go around to shops and say, can you help me with a bike? I'd like to have a bike I can ride. And no one was able to take on the task. Um, in 2013, he visited uh, Scuderia West, which is a cool little shop in San Francisco. It is a cool shop. And it's got a bunch of like young crazy people who work there, you know, uh, who just, who are, again, that same passion for bikes. <clears throat> and he met a guy, Randy Sloan, who said, you know what? I think I can do this. I think I can do it. Um, it took quite a long time. It was in 2014, he had the bike finished. He took an Aprilia, <clears throat> and he had to figure out how to route all of the controls through one handlebar. So, uh, I haven't seen the bike. I'm not sure how it worked out. But imagine uh, clutch, brake, throttle, everything. He had his his right hand. Hmm. Um, And he did it. He made it for him. Well, now, hang on. Let's back up a minute. Mm -hmm. Because what I think Aprilia... Oh, do an automatic. They do Mena. an automatic. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's probably the base. So what it's mm-hmm. going to be going through, it's going to have a left-hand throttle on it. Mm. It won't need to clutch or gear shift, but he's going to put both brakes. So I think probably what he might have done is used a linked braking mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> so um, he was able to do it. It took him a while to, to get it worked out, but then he called uh, BJ and said, come down, your bike's ready. And BJ went down there, he was so excited, and he hopped on, and he took off riding, and he was a little bit unsteady, because he hadn't told anyone that he had actually never ridden a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my goodness>. Nice. <laughs> um, but he set off riding. Um, there was one case where he, he rode up to Sonoma up in Northern California, and on that trip he got well, not one, but two speeding tickets. <laughs> uh, you're talking about somebody who... You know, for many people, uh, that's going to stop what they do in their life, being a triple amputee. But it doesn't him. And it was interesting. On one of those stops, one of the the police officer thought he had a weapon in his hand because he couldn't process a triple amputee riding a motorcycle. So I mentioned that BJ, he's a hospice doctor. Well, he was able to repay Randy Sloan back in that a year later after that bike was done randy had terminal cancer 
and the hospice was just down the street from where he lived and where he worked it was all in his neighborhood and at the end of his life he was able to go in to the zen hospice and to have the care um and support that he needed where a lot of hospices don't let you have your friends and stuff in there they mm-hmm. they want to be quiet but this is a special place and they let people come in and they create an environment that's like a home you don't see sick people it doesn't look like a hospital it's a victorian house hmm. and so he was able to go there and all of his friends would come and visit and he he did pass while he was there. I found this to be such an amazing story that BJ was given such this great gift. And one person who finally said, yeah, I'll take on that challenge. I'll make you a bike. And he still rides to this day. Um, and that he was able to, in turn, help Randy in his passing and keeping him comfortable. It's, that's a very touching story. It really is. Yeah. Um, it's like you can't make that stuff up. No. Mm-mm. Like, yeah. I mean, to, to die with dignity like that on your own terms, that's not a luxury most people don't get, you know? It's, mm. it's pretty awesome. But I, to me, again, this is that biker shit. This is that community right. thing. It kind of brings it up again. That this is, Scuderia West is a really cool place. Um, but where they said, yes, we can, we can do this for you. Yeah. But, and, I, yeah, we've all talked about this many, many times before, and it's the community mm-hmm. of biking. It's a really good place to be. It really is. I agree. So I just wanted to share that. I thought it was really cool. It was cool. Um, bagel. My yes. hole's better than your hole, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely darker and deeper. <laughs> it's full of cobwebs. Uh, put, put that flashlight down, Jim. You don't need to go there now. Yeah, minus uh, that. Bagel, do <laughs> you have a, an update? We had talked a while ago about that electric Vespa. Yes. Uh, in What's going on? Well, uh, details are still uh, a little bit foggy at the moment, but uh, Piaggio, the parent company of Vespa, has announced they are going to make the first production electric Vespa. And uh, this is going to be based uh, what looks to be on the Vespa Primavera platform. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, the smaller uh, of the of their uh, their line, and uh, it's going to have a full electric motor, no gas at all. Uh, there are no details yet about the uh, the performance or specs on it or price, but uh, it does seem to have gathered uh, or garnered a good bit of attention. Um, and uh, I'm I personally am very excited about this because uh, being an electric vehicle fan and a scooter rider, uh, I have lamented for a very long time the lack of good options when it comes to electric scooters uh there are all kinds of chinese electric scooters that are out there but those really are not good for much other than running around town you know just at 25 miles an hour or or less so and i need something that's you know that's a a proper scooter that can do right higher speeds and and longer distances um i I, unfortunately i don't know the you know the range of, of this bike or the top speed yet but I suspect it will be be reasonably good. So yep. at least I have hope that it will. And uh, they, they, uh, there aren't a lot of details out yet, but it looks like they're planning on releasing this late 2017. <coughs> so it'll probably be a 2018 model. And um, If I'm, it's coming out that recent, that means 
They've mm-hmm. been working on this a lot. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. they've been working on this for a few years. Yeah. Yes. And they, they have been working on this for, for some time now, but they've been very tight-lipped about it, apparently. I have been trying to get information through various contacts I have, and it's it's like, yeah, that's like, there's there's nothing coming out right well, now from Piaggio about it. Um, but I am hoping to find out more soon and uh, would like to get one myself if well, I can make that happen. Think of how much the battery tech has changed since they mm-hmm. started this project. Oh, uh, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, and I have no idea what sort of technology they're using inside the bike yet, but uh, hopefully they'll come out with more details. But, soon. you know, um, regular listeners will remember that I did Piaggio training in November. Mm-hmm. And I tried to get information out of them about the ah. scooter, and they told me nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a short video. The good news is Piaggio have some extremely clever engineers working for them right now. Mm-hmm. Technology they're building into their gas bikes is pretty high-tech, so the electric bike's going to be higher still. Mm-hmm. Bad news from the video. I could just tell by the finishes on the bike, it's going to be expensive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be a cheap bike. Um, Way above. it. I'm going to, I'll stick my neck out. I'm probably say it's going to be a 12 plus. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing somewhere between 10 and, 10 and 12. Yeah, so, it, yeah, it's going to be in that range. But, you know, I really think there's a market for it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is with these electric bikes, think how much flat screen TVs were when they first came out think yep. how much microwaves were when they came out think how much digital cameras were when they first came out everything was just or your home computer I mean these things were f- staggeringly expensive mm-hmm. but the price goes down so all we need is a few brave souls to bite the bullet and then more people that buy them more common they become more the price goes down um, you know they're, they're, this whole thing with Tesla are coming out with this affordable car now Mm-hmm. No coincidence. Yep. You know, everyone who's buying the expensive Teslas mm-hmm. now will enable people to buy the cheap ones. Yep. And the same's going to happen with bikes. I mean, um, Richard Hatfield, mm-hmm. um, our CEO of Lightning, is working on a cheaper Lightning right now. And I think, Excellent. didn't he say the price point was going to be about 15 for that? I, I thought he was working on a Lightning that was like twice as powerful. He's working on a lot of things, but I remember he said he is working on a on a working man's lightning. I distinctly remember the words 300 or 400 horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get him back. Yeah. Richard, yeah. come back. In we te- need we to talk to questions. you. In, yeah. in technical terms, it's uh, fuck you power. <laughs> it is. You, so, like, you like burnouts at 100 miles an hour? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why not? And Do them at 200 miles an hour. Yeah. Bagel, I'll be curious when that electric Vespa comes out to see how it stacks against a two-stroke mm-hmm. uh, scooter <laughs> in terms of performance yeah yeah that'll be a good little it'll race. smell better yep yeah, it definitely <laughs> will uh I probably it, it may not have quite the same range but yeah we'll see so um hey you guys we got a cool voicemail from steve let me uh play that for you now and there's a question in it <gasps> hey it's steven cersei I have in front of me a DRZ and a KLR. Both are deep discounted for the end of the year. Which one would you guys get if you want to get one? Let that soak in and see who fights this one out. Love to get Liza and Emma's very deep opinion on this. Thank you. Definitely not Knox. Well, nope. Steve, <laughs> the different bikes, mate. 
They're very, very different yes. animals. I mean, if he's wanting to do any highway at all, the KLR. Right. If it's a diesel KLR, the KLR. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I'll Probably go, not, but one can for, dream. For what it's worth, I'll go through my opinion of them both. The, the DRZ is certainly the lighter weight bike. You could argue it's more fun. Um Really? Yeah, I mean yeah, you can chuck them, you can chuck them about quite a bit. Yeah. But the thing is at 90 it's 8590 it's all over. And the same's kind of true on the KLR, but it, it's a lot more capable of doing long distance. The DRZ is definitely depending on the wheels you've got on it um a kind of trail bike or a super motard. Mhm. The KLR is an adventure bike, and it's an unashamedly an adventure bike. Well, we get more than just a couple of KLRs coming through here, and that's what people are doing. They're, They're riding from here to Canada or right. across country or You whatever. know, it's it's a long-distance bike. So I've only ridden um, the DRZ a couple times. First right. time I rode one, it was more like a supermoto, and I thought it was a bit of a brick. I wasn't really impressed with it. Is it Doug's? <clears throat> no, it was when Donut had one. Oh, right. Um, uh, no, not the, D- sure not that, the DRZ. Are you sure oh, that was the, a DR? No, that yeah, was a DR. DR. That yeah, was a DR yeah, 650. Yeah, DR 650. Yeah, yeah no, um, that's a different animal too. No, the, I think this is the DRZ 400 he's saying. No, I think he's talking about the KLR versus the DR 650. KLR 650 versus DR. Oh, um, my bad. Yeah. Well, in that case, it's so, I heard Didn't he DRZ. say DRZ though, or no? Replay it. Oh. No, he no. said DRZ. He said DRZ. Oh, okay. Pretty sure it's DRZ. But yeah. we can include the DR650 so, in the argument. Yeah, usually you're comparing the DR650 to the KLR650. Right. And in my opinion, everybody knows how I feel about Suzuki's. I actually like the DR650 above the KLR. It's a lot. They're both very old bikes. So I was going to say my first experience on one is that it was a bit of a brick and I thought it right. felt really heavier than it was. But then when I was over in uh, Pakistan, I actually mm-hmm. hopped on uh, Doc Martin, we, a guy from England who we had met who's traveling the world on his DR650. So he had it rigged out with right, everything right, right. Uh, down to the sheepskin seat. And I hopped on that and rode it up to the top of a mountain and was like pleasantly surprised it was quite yeah. comfortable and capable right so it was a different beast um yeah. i think both the dr d if we're talking about the dr650 and the mm-hmm. klr650 they've been making them for decades well, parts are plentiful exactly these are both working man adventure bikes absolutely i don't think that there's a huge difference between them but is the wheel size difference different? no they're 19 they both have no the the 21s on the front yeah. 17s really? on the bike 21 okay. and 17 um DR650 is a 90s bike. Mm. KLR is an 80s bike. You know. And I think uh, accessories are going to work the same on both. I, mean, I, th- I, think I think they're they're both pretty close as far as performance and accessories and things you can get aftermarket. But, I mean, wouldn't it just be what fits him right. personally better? I mean, there's not much. But that's gain. exactly what I was going to say. I think it comes down to sit on both because it can be something as simple as the foot peg placement. Absolutely. When I was looking at the um, the Yamaha, the FJ09. Mm-hmm. No, the FZ09. The FZ09 yes. The, triple. the foot pegs were not in the right well, place right. for me and then when i hopped on the fj09 they had the foot pegs in the same place and which wasn't under my center of balance for me two inches of difference in foot peg placement so, changes sure the bike so, here's the deal steve you're no further along mate because 
if it was me, I'd buy the Suzuki. But I've just got this thing about Suzuki's. They've they've treated me very very well over the years. I mean, both bikes are bulletproof. Exactly, and I mean that's that's a good point. Back in the old days, if you go back to the sixties or the seventies, I mean, even Japan made some stinkers. Nowadays, if it's got a Japanese name on the tank, you're getting a good bike. It's going to yep. get you down the road. It's going to be a nice quality bike. <laughs> Just buy the one that you like the look of. Because remember, do, exactly. do they both when, have metal gas tanks? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, on paper, I think they're yeah. comparable. Exactly. So yeah. when you yeah. walk down the stairs and open the door to your garage, which one are you going to like looking at more before you get on it? Let right. Because they're going to do the same job. I think, too, you have to figure out what your needs are and what you demand from these vehicles. Like, uh, if you are going to do the long-range type stuff, maybe a bigger bike might be better for you because it's right. less fatiguing to ride. Well, that's if you're talking if it's a DRZ 400 versus a, right. Right. a DR650. But I think, I think you should always start with what are your needs and if these bikes can fulfill yeah. those needs and for you Emma, easily. Be- between the KLR and the DR650, what colors are available right now? Um, I believe the only color available for the KLR, uh, is green. KLR it's black, it's black but now. it's it's got green on it. Yeah, yeah it doesn't have like a camo um, on it. And really? the DRZ is gray and black with gold graphics. And you know, so the, it might come down to color. They're both good-looking bikes. They're yeah. both great-looking bikes. Um, I've always liked the DR style. It's it's a very handsome bike. Um, you know, there's a, there's more on a KLR. It's, KLR's got more fairing on it. It's actually got, you know, kind of a wider fairing on it. But it's got a bigger bike feel. Yeah. yeah. No, but... So, there's someone else who has emailed us for their help before, and I think he found an answer. What do you got there, Bagel? I have an email from Nathan Simpson. Hey, Nathan. And Nathan writes, last I read you guys, I was in the process of looking for my first bike. Liza, thanks for the ads you sent my way, but I'm proud to say I'm the new owner of a 1982 GS450E. Good choice! The good news is, it only had 16,000 miles on it, Wow. was garage kept, the chain sprocket and forks are in good condition without any rust, new tires, idles well, runs great, and no extra engine noise when turning it off. The bad is it runs a little rich, has a few dings and nicks from rocks on the highway. He paid 2k for it, and he says, but I'm extremely happy with that, with, with what I got. I just picked up everything I need to do some maintenance, beer, carb cleaner, chain lube, brake cleaner, etc., and can't be more stoked to get my hands dirty. Uh, he continues, uh, says, my apologies to Cat. Turned out I needed something sooner than I could get to Santa Cruz, but that horrid gray color is just ugly as sin. Good, <laughs> good luck on selling the 250. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't have a lot of experience with the GS450, except there was somebody here years ago in the garage, who I'm not going to name, um, but he had one, and it had been like his first bike, and he had ripped around town on it, and he hadn't ridden in a while. He wanted to fix it up, and he got so frustrated with it, he lost his temper, took a hammer to the engine, Oh. Started beating it and yeah. threw it down a ravine. Oh, it's <laughs> wow. wow. And I was okay. like, I don't know how to process let this. Me, <laughs> wow. Let me let me give you a brief history lesson with that engine. 1977, GS 400, bulletproof. Became the 425, bulletproof. Became the 450, bulletproof. Became awesome. the goose, <laughs> which is exactly what Mike is riding. Mm-hmm. Bulletproof. What a great engine. 
Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. And Excellent. you know what's awesome is you're totally enthused about doing this kind of stuff. So that'll take you a long way, man. Yeah. Yeah. I like the the first ingredient on his shopping list was beer. beer. Yeah. You're going to need it. Right yeah. on, Nathan. Yeah, yeah, congratulations. Well, he, he finishes up. There's a little bit more here. He says, um, at, at, at first, my girlfriend was vehemently opposed to the idea of me getting a bike. Ooh. But once she saw that I was going to get one, regardless of her approval, she what, became more supportive. Once I kicked her ass out the door, it was a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. says, so supported in fact that she even rode for me rode rode with me for 50 miles in two days yeah of course her christmas present this year was a good helmet good our first ride together in frigid santa barbara was ice cream at cold stones and he says anyways i've rambled long enough time to throw on your podcast and get your engine cheers mm. nate p.s why does no one say order a pizza at the end of the podcast ah! anymore? <laughs> 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 uh, the fun, the one person that actually gets the joke. Because I banned it. That's <laughs> it was beat out of us. Under threat of permanent there, there banishment. Were, there were threats and, and stink eyes involved, yes. Yeah. Of course, now if you said order pizza at the end of the podcast, oh. Alexa would order pizza in someone's house. Right? Right. <laughs> but um, just as a final footnote, I know Nathan included a, a picture of the bike, and it's a great mm-hmm. looking bike. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very really clean. nice looking. What year was that, he said? 82. Nice. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah, garage Back kept like 16,000 miles. Oh, find, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very handsome bike. Nice. Nice. Jim, you Ooh. got an email there? I do. So I've got an email uh, coming in here from the frozen northeast. Yeah, better us, you than us. Hey, this my is, homeland. <laughs> this is Alan from Ithaca, New York. You're close. Beautiful part of the country. Uh, just listened to episode 177, enjoyed it immensely, and found myself talking out loud in my car when you were answering the email from the gentleman who is looking to buy his 16-year-old a motorcycle. Well, I think the mm-hmm. uh, I think the opinion everyone had were good. I'd like to add to the list uh, the Honda CB500 line. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Right? The 500P twin motors, superb, very uh, trackable for the new rider. It's full-size motorcycle, available naked, fared, and adventure. Six to 6,500 bucks. Okay. Good for it. Anyway, somebody who's a beginner. Uh, it'll do highway all day, twisties, everything. It's a very capable bike. Uh, no, he doesn't work for Honda. On a different note, <laughs> Emma, yes, you. Hello. Yes, you over there. May I suggest Glenn Curtis as a topic oh, that for would your be a good one. history hole? Yes. He's a brave yeah. man, Glenn. Okay. He, he was a fascinating man in the motorcycling world and Yes, beyond. he was. I think you'll find the research interesting, and you certainly will. I'm, I'm sure if I pull Glenn out of my hole, it'd be enjoyable for everyone. <laughs> and would, I just want to be... make something clear. Is that a felony in, like, five states? Yeah. <laughs> I think it is, at least. Um, and specifically, um, for uh, um, I've made it clear to some other podcasts that Honda 500 twins were the biggest turd in the world. It is not this Honda CB500. It is the original one from the 1970s, which is a horrible bike in every way. The current CB500s are actually everything that he says they are they're fine bikes and they're a great way to start um so yeah good call yeah well done and he also he offers if anyone's passing through uh, the frigid northeast near ithaca stop by he'd love to have lunch and wishing everyone a happy festivus and a wonderful new year oh feats of great strength oh thank you alan <laughs> let's air grievances but hey thanks alan that's cool and, emma have you seen the curtis hanging at the sfmc yes oh yes oh yeah yeah, Fantastic. famous, famous so Absolutely. Cool. So, Emma, you got an email there? I certainly have. This email is from Matt Mead. So, 
Hey, Misfits. I've been listening to way too much of the podcast recently. See photo Emma's army. He's included a fabulous photo <laughs> of a gin bottle <laughs> with a with a yes. Oh, God, <laughs> yum. Anyhow, I was wondering if you could talk some more about classic two-stroke street bikes. Oh God, I can talk all day about those, darling. I'm in the market for something two-stroke after giving my XR 650R to my dad for Christmas. What? Mm-hmm. Hello, Dad. Is an XR You got a good present. Yeah. You got a good present. Yeah, he must love his dad. Nothing wrong with that. I'm currently going through the entire history of Yamaha two-strokes, and the list is endless. I agree with you. Um, I'm building an Excel spreadsheet, and I have 106 different models, (laughs) and I've only made it to 73 so far. Holy cow. Yamaha first came to America in 1956, Hmm. and have been extremely prolific. I'm wondering if he's including mopeds and scooters. Oh, of course he is. On this list. No, of course he is. I mean, that's part of the Yamaha lineup. I'm going to come to my favorite little Yamaha two-stroke in a minute. But anyway, we're going on. Um, My first bike was a 2001 YZ250. That was for you, Gav. (laughs) And it was the best bike I've owned. Yeah, uh, YZ's a great bike. I don't want to discount Kawasaki or Suzuki too much. But the Yamaha has really captured my heart. Yeah, that's true. It's a shame Mr. Honda didn't like making two strokes for the street. Apparently, the story is he didn't like seeing all the bikes smoking up the city. You know, there were one or two exceptions. Um, Racing, right? Well, racing. And there were some two-stroke Honda scooters. And the one that popped straight into my mind, if you look up 1974 Honda MT250 Elsinore, you're going to see a trail bike. It's got lights, it's got turn signals, it's a horn with a big fat two-stroke in the middle. Right. So, you know, there were the two-strokes out there, but it wasn't common. Honda ma- really made the name with four-stroke engines. Oh, oh my God. That's just porno. Yeah, Jim showed me. <laughs> D- didn't Rob Talbot have that uh, the 500cc two-stroke uh, triple? Uh, I don't remember which. Yeah. Oh, well, yes, 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 he did upstairs. That's by the what door. I was showing yeah. a picture anyway, of. Yeah. I'm, I'm not done with Matt yet. Anyway, I've never really put too much stock in Suzuki. Oh, bad fellow. <laughs> and the Kawasaki triples seem to be all motor with no handling and no brakes. And that is true. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- they are a handful. Um, but I had no idea there were over t- there were over a hundred two-stroke models from Yamaha lineup. People are asking too much for the newer, the RD350, 400, and 350LC. Mm-hmm. But there are a handful of o- older models from for sale in my area, which is it looks like he's in Southern California. Mm-hmm. My favourite Yamaha two-stroke is probably actually one of the smallest ones. It's a Yamaha YL1 twin jet. 100cc, twin-cylinder, electric start, 1965. Amazing little thing. And it's like riding a little turbine. They're wonderful. It There it is, little Yamaha twin jet. Um, it's all over by 45, 50 miles an hour, but my God, you can have some fun on that thing. That's kind of like... Um my friend who has the 69 Yamaha L5T, which is a right. 102 stroke. Mm. And it, it's, what's interesting is it has the high-low setting on it. So right. you change the gearing if you're doing trail riding or if you're going to be riding on the street. 
But, you know, um, Matt, if you want something really off the wall, and I know there's a ton of them in Southern California, if you can dig them out, buy yourself a Yamaha Big Bear. What is this? A Yamaha Big Bear is um, 250 or 350, two-stroke, high pipes. It's like a street scrambler. Very handsome Mm. bike from the mid-60s. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, it'd be a good choice because it's going to make good power. Um, It's about 35, 40 horsepower. It'll get you down the the road very, very well. It's got that great 1960s, very handsome styling. So, Yamaha Big Bear. There it is. Isn't that a great looking bike? Uh, That is neat. Oh, oh yeah. that's beautiful. It's kind of like a dream. Mm-hmm. It's got that kind of style yeah. to it, you know. Scrambler. Mid-60s. Coaster tank. Yeah. Mid-60s White Japanese handlebars. styling. Mm-hmm. It was very, very <coughs> handsome. They really had a quite a unique look. And just as another thing that I'd look at, just to be different, but the prices are getting up there, Bridgestone 350 GTR. Oh, yeah. That's the holy grail of... of Japanese 60s two-strokes. Right. The 350 but GTR is an amazing bike. You find those in barns every now and then. Well, they come up in barns, but yeah. you know what? You're not going to get much change out of seven or 8,000 for a good one now. But yeah. it's that's the holy grail. Pretty cool. Well, it's too bad that he gave away, gave his dad his XR650R, or he could have spent the weekend doing what Knock did. Brop. <laughs> what, what did you do? Yesterday. Oh, um, I spent two days installing new rings and a piston and a cam chain and a cam chain guide into my XR650R. And what did you learn? Oh, I learned that uh, you, you have to turn the cams around. So this is... <laughs> I, they they got to be facing downwards when you install them so uh, they clear the, the rockers. You know that tone of voice a truly desperate man has? Yeah. <laughs> Knock had that at 9.30 last night in this torrential downpour rain. He calls me and says, hey, are you busy? Am I bothering you? Is anything going on? What are you doing? (laughs) I think it was in that sequence that quickly. (laughs) Yeah. And it was storming last night. Everybody was was hunkered. uh, Please God say no to all of them. Yeah. I'm like, "Uh, nothing. I'm just doing some editing a podcast. He's like, yeah, um. So I'm working on my bike. Yeah, I saw you've been working on that. Yeah. Um, can I borrow your valve spring compressor? I'm like, sure. Why not? Pause. <laughs> Will you bring it to me? Because <laughs> <laughs> does said, not have a car. But yeah. Liza being Liza, I'm sure, is like, now I've got them right where no, I want. Yeah, so I was like, <laughs> well, I could I could sense that desperate tone. I knew Knock would not ask me to go driving in the pouring rain at night unless it was he was at his wit's end about something. Yeah. So then I took the opportunity to throw in, throw in the, well, what's in it for me? Well, it's dinner, of course. <laughs> a pizza. Yeah. A meal. But then it turns out, I brought two tools to knock shop, and it turns out... That One he was didn't, most effective. He didn't need the valve spring compressor at all, but he did need that second tool I brought him, which at some time can be 
the most important tool in the garage. It was a crispy, refreshing Modelo beer. Uh, That's that's, that's what it was. was. I had it. it. By the time I finished that beer, when we were talking in the garage, I said, oh, the cam change. I got to rotate the cams off the sprocket, 180 degrees. And that's, you know what, Nock? You're not the first. You're not going to be the last because you, you did everything right yeah you set up the crank on the t-mark right you set the two lines mm-hmm. on the cam sprocket on the same line as the cylinder head mating face yep you set the bolts for the sprocket so that one was at 12 o'clock and one was at six o'clock indeed so you did everything right yep just ask backwards but you just blew it because the camshaft turns at half, half the, speed. the speed of the engine, yep. so you just turn it over one, one more, more revolution. Yep. You're still at the T mark. Your lines are still lined up. Yep. But instead of the lobes pointing up, facing down, they face down. Yep. And that, is that always? They're yep. always facing down. It's yes. It's, oh, when yeah. you're assembling yeah, when you're, something, you're right, they're yeah, yeah, they're easier down. that way. So, and I just realized that after she left, I was like, oh wait a minute, these things are upside down. Right. Like, of course. And it was a good curious. lesson of sometimes when you're just so in it. You need to step back and yeah. you need to yep. step away. I think we've all experienced that. Right. And just having a beer, he was able to step away. And just while I was standing there, he just started processing in his head. He's like, you know, maybe I got to turn the camshaft right. around. Yeah. And, you know, you think, who would make a bike that you can turn the camshaft either way? Well, the same damn company that would make a carburetor then go in either way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like the, the service manual, in the service manual, it doesn't tell you the orientation of the cam so in my mind i'm thinking well maybe because it doesn't matter or right. or, or but like i don't know so i just turned them around and it worked right yeah. of course so, it will yeah of course because your bike like a lot of japanese bikes works on a wasted spark yes exactly so it sparks when it's a just before 30 degrees before top dead center on the compression stroke mm-hmm. but it also sparks at 30 degrees before top dead center yeah. when it's pushing the exhaust gases out. Yep. Because it's just a wasted spark. Yeah, it's you just know. easier for them to do that. It's right? easier for them to yeah. do that. The trigger's mm. down on the crank. Yep. So, um, but I would like to give, because we're talking about top ends, um, a motorcycles and misfits, top tip. tip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just the tip, Emma. <laughs> when you are messing about with camshafts, you might replace the cam. You might replace the rockers. Get some proper camshaft lube on it. Yep. Because if you put a new cam with old rockers on or an old cam with new rockers and so on and so forth, you're going to trash them both. Mm -hmm. Lube it, start the engine, run it at operating temperature at exactly yeah 1500 2000 revs for a good five minutes and break in the camshaft before you attempt to do anything else but the key is lube it with proper stuff oh yeah Um, i I dumped a shit ton of assembly lube on that thing exactly just it's cheap cheap and cheerful just get you some assembly lube whenever you dick around with camshafts reach for the assembly lube and like a bottle lasts you a fucking lifetime exactly you know there's a lot of things that you shouldn't do without lube Right, yes. Liza? That's right. Everything's, That's right. Everything's better with spit. Well, mm-hmm. normally we would do a <laughs> Craigslist porn pick, but instead, Knock uh, has got some stats for us we're going to share, which okay. are equally interesting. Are these, what, do are got, these, what do you got here, Knock? Flat, flat track racing? You get sideways, oh. for sure. <laughs> this is the 2016 year in review, most searched terms in the United States 
from Pornhub. <laughs> Is that a motorcycle site? Uh, I guess. Okay. Well, that's I that's what motorcyclists it. call Craigslist. Right. There's First term, step mob. <laughs> so this is most searched. Uh, a second, second term up by one point. Lesbian. Hey, yeah, right. moving up the chart. Right. Uh, uh, third uh, up by four points. Stepsister. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, fifth is milf up two points. <laughs> uh, I, I'm gonna skip around a little bit here. Uh, I'm curious if these are moving up. What's moving down? Rabbi. What's, uh, cartoon is down three points. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the anime sex just isn't cutting it anymore. Uh, no, but let me let me get to this. Uh, uh, up 18 points, lesbian scissoring. Oh, that's a big move. That one's yeah. on you, South Park. <laughs> <laughs> up 63 points, massage. So, you know, there's massage porn out there. It's good. It's ma- mainly instructional, right? Right. <laughs> uh, up 452 points. Ooh. Overwatch. Overwatch? What? Yeah, it's a new extremely popular first-person shooter online multiplayer game. Yeah. One of my house. There it is. One of my housemates plays So it. it's porn based on video games. Is it real people or video people? It's video people. It's like there's like aliens and giant robots, and I don't really know much about it, so I'm sure I'm going to get yelled at by people who actually play Overwatch, but <laughs> it's that. No, well, Isaac, you're too busy riding a motorbike, darling, aren't you? There's yeah. no motorbikes in Overwatch. No, Wait. I know, but so that's why you... <laughs> Did you're... Motorcycle make the list? No, they, no. What? Uh, no. Two-stroke isn't on there? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta go to motor up, for up that. That's, that's called premature. <laughs> yeah. Up 13 points, Big Booty Latina. <laughs> 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 Where's those These categories roadies? just like write their own jokes, man. Uh, up thirty-eight points, Asian, which is at the very last. So, but it's 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 we're climbing, baby. Give you, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Okay, anal's so, down four points. So, oh no, <laughs> trending down. <laughs> trending yeah. down. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of, <blue. laughs> and and it just didn't make the chart. But I believe the next one down was Brap. Brap, brap, yeah. Brap. Brap. It was tied with shrimping. Yeah. Now, wait, why isn't there, if there's cake farts, why? What if oh, we no, take, no, no, no. What if we take a cake and put it up to an exhaust of a two strip? Brap. Cake brap. Cake brap. I'm saying we should start. Dude, totally. And and, and some, let get, me save you. Don't, get a cheap don't Google cake. cake farts. Don't Google, don't cake, Google farts. cake farts. So, yeah, you can find these stats on the internet. But if and you want to post a, 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 a brap, a cake brap. Yep. I would look at I wouldn't look at that. It could be this could be the next, next new hot thing. You know, there, there is no good Google that. result if you search cake farts. You know, I'm thinking a YZ and a nice German chocolate cake and <laughs> brap. <laughs> I, I want to be downwind. Sering ding doo doo. Yeah. As long as it has some cherries on or top. How about, oh, how about a boltaco with some tres leches? Yeah. <laughs> I like Simon. Yeah, buddy. Orle bagel. I'm into that. Well, I think it's gone completely off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> this is a motorcycle podcast, I thought. I can't believe you said cake farts. Yeah. Liza, what is wrong with you? <laughs> well, you know what time it's, it is. It's time for the Zach bot to do a thing. So... If you would like to reach us and share an email or a voicemail, you do so here. 
You can find us online at MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com, on Facebook at Recycle Santa Cruz. Send us an email at RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com, and you can call and leave us a voicemail at 831-291-5112. Thank you, Zach, for telling everyone how to reach us. Yeah, buddy. Hope everything's nice and toasty over there. <laughs> we miss you, Zach. So, yeah, um send yeah send us your emails we love to talk about this stuff and voicemails and i tweaked the website a little bit so you can link now to our instagram there um yeah check out instagram you can see what we're up to during the day uh we're going to start posting the concourses um (laughs) concourses progress it's like pilgrim's progress but it's going to be concourse yeah shamu is no longer shamu but you can see some of the players what we're up to so check out instagram all good Exactly. And um, again, Charlie, congratulations for making yes. manhood. Woo! And Woo. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, now your adventures begin, son. <laughs> and now they start. Yeah. Well, I'm just curious to see now that you just became a member and Jonathan just became a prospect, are you just going to turn around and start bitch slapping him or like what? Is he, was he assigned to you? No, Doug. Oh, okay. Doug got him. Okay. <clears throat> Nice. Okay, very good. And um, buy a calendar, not least, because I'm in it, Isaac's in it, yes. Jim's in it. And there's some... Oh, is he in it? Little Jim's in it. in it. I'm censored, partly. <laughs> there's, some question, there's some question how to buy a, a calendar. I myself am not sure. So all you got to do is send an email to Recycle Motorcycle Garage or send a $20 PayPal payment to RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com. And I will make sure it is forwarded to Mary, who is shipping them out. But yeah, uh, yeah, get a calendar. They are a hoot and a holler. Pretty funny. Fabulous. Emma's, Emma's is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's porno <laughs> of some description so i think yeah, on that note we're ready to wrap up thank you everyone for listening i love our people and gosh in this new year of 2017 i think we're just gonna keep doing more and more and more we're I hope looking so. forward to it and just keeping it real brah yeah, 2016. <laughs> when keeping it real goes so wrong. Creepy when yeah. you say it. It does. It, is, it totally does. No, 2016 was a pretty good year, but 2017, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting the uh, getting into it. Exactly, and I'm ready for this rain to end. Yes. Oh, yep. We we know how you feel right now, the rest of the country <laughs> and world. <laughs> but no, I think by next week we'll be back to our old sunny Santa Cruz. At least it's not freezing. You know? Exactly. So on that note, I'm ready to get out of, out of here. This is Liza. Bagel. Isaac. This is Nog. <laughs> That's cake for Jim. <laughs> Emma, darling. Charlie. Let's get out of here. We out. Cool, cool, cool. cool. cool.